Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Pastor Kevin, I'm lead pastor and I have ADD, so um, good to have you with us today. Uh, I want to do something before we get started. Is uh, One of the things we have here at Thrive is a great leadership team. We have a staff, and then we also have what we call a, a church council, which operates as a directional team, which means they, they oversee the finances. They make sure that we're, we're doing things correctly here. And when I first got here and we, and we, and we relaunched this church, uh, the books were in quite a mess. Um, I had nothing to do with it. Don't look at me. Um, and so uh, we had a man who decided to take uh, you know, some, on himself to come in and work on the books non-stop. And when I got here, it was just me. I had no staff. It was me and, and the Holy Spirit um, and all the Lord's angels. And then there's also a man named Randy Joyce. And um, if you guys know Randy... Uh, Randy has uh, played on the praise team before, uh, you know, bass, guitar. I mean, he would just jump in and do whatever is needed uh, for this church. And he was the only other staff member I really had. I mean, we would be in the office together all day long, dreaming and working. And he worked on our books nonstop. He got all the, the cords unwrinkled, unraveled. And he got our church to a place where we, are, we have great financial records, all right? We keep great accountability of everything. We believe it, stewardship is important. And so this year, Randy told me, he said, hey, look, um, I'm a little older. I'm not going to tell you how old Randy is because you've never guessed, but unless you know it. He said, I'm, I'm getting a little older. He says, um, I think I need to pass on this financial duty to somebody else because it's a lot of work. And so he, he raised up Justin. You guys know Justin Morris here, serving the parking lot today. Uh, one of our leadership residents, um, he has just jumped in. And with that being said, with him jumping in, uh, Randy rotated off our board this year due to his own um, request. Um, I wouldn't let him uh, unless he asked me. And so he serves as an, as an advisor here still to our, to our board. He still serves um, as an advisor to me and to this church. But we want to take us some time today to honor Randy Joyce. Randy, where are you at? Are you here? Come up. Come on up. Come on up here. You're short like I am, man. You got to get up here. We love you, man. For, for many of you that don't know, uh, Randy's wife, June, has been homebound for several years, and, and Randy is one of the, the primary caregiver. And so he has to spend a lot of time there, and he would take his time working, I mean, on QuickBooks. He would, he would say, you know, I mean, he'd work hours, and I mean, I don't think people understand how many hours that he put into to doing this, because you know why? Because he, he loved the church. When I first got here, he was one of the 25 that were here, and I remember riding around uh, in, in, you know, Chesterfield with him, and I don't want to embarrass you, but he actually cried over this church. Men don't cry over a lot of stuff. And when I, I tell you, that's one of the things that I, when, I, when I saw that, I said, there's people here that care. And he was one of them. And, and I'm telling you, it's been a blessing and a joy to, to work with him. Um, and he's not going anywhere. So he's not leaving. He's not, uh, he's, he's still very, very involved, but, but at a level where he can also take care of his wife and, and have free time as well to, to, uh, to do that. But what we want to do today is we had this plaque uh, made here, and it says, uh, you know, with Thri- the Thrive Hearts is presented to Randy Joyce Sr. in appreciation for your outstanding service and devotion to the Lord and Thrive Church, April 19th, 
2015. And here's a card from our church leadership team as well. We love you. We appreciate you, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, And so uh, if you get a chance, just give Randy a high five, hug, um, and thank him for the service that, he, that he's uh, rendered here at Thrive Church. It's been invaluable. Um, and also today, before we get into our message, let you guys know, um, right after service, we're doing our 101 Newcomers Coffee. If you've been coming here and you haven't been to 101 or 201 yet, shame on you. So here's what we've done. Because you get to hang out with me, man. You hear my story. So here's what we've done. After church today, in our cafe, the 101 will be going on. We have lunch for you. I gotta get lunch. We got well. I got kids. We got childcare. How many more excuses you got? Got any more? All right. If you have somebody you're supposed to go eat with or meet them, you tell them the Lord has need of you here at Thrive Church. And so, um, right after our service today, around 11:30, uh, meet us for 101 over here, 201 over there. It's first step and next step. So you can hear more about Thrive and get connected. I would love to meet you if you're new here and tell you more about Thrive Church. We're going to turn in your copy of God's Word to Proverbs 19, verse 11. Proverbs. 19 verse 11. We've been in a series now, this is our third week, a series called Alter Ego. And the idea that we, this series we kicked off on Easter was that we all have an ego. What we think about ourselves, what we feel about ourselves, um, how we view ourselves. And I've challenged you during this series to take your ego and lay it down at the altar. Lay down what you think about yourself and how you feel about yourself and how you view yourself and lay it down for how God views you and what God thinks about you. And so many times we let our egos get in the way of what God has planned for us. Uh, the first week I talked to you about feelings of inadequacy. I'm not good enough. I don't, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough and doggone it. People don't like me. It's Stuart Smalley said if you know who that is. But you are. God says you're good enough because of what Jesus did. And, and, and others of us in here last week, I shared with you the need for control. Remember that? The need for control. And you've got to lay down the need for control and trust God and release that to him. And today what I want to talk to you about is something that you will all love. You come on the right day to Thrive Church. But you've also got to lay down your right to be offended. You've got to lay down your right to be offended. See, I get offended all the time. Yep. It first started when, well, it didn't first start, but with this particular thing, with traffic circles. That's where I get offended at. Because <laughs> I really believe deep down inside, Walmart has started issuing license to drivers, right? None of you in here, but I've seen it. And, and down in South Florida, we had this little, this little traffic circle, and it's like people didn't know what to do. The ones at the yield would go, the ones in the circle would just stop. And you're like, go. I would get so mad. I'd get so offended. I mean, I would need to repent every time I went through it. And then I would get polite and let the, the, the person that's just flying through the yield side, I'd let them go. And I'd slow, and they wouldn't even say thank you. And does that not tick you off when you do something good and they don't, don't even say thank you? And I would get so offended and so angry. At our men's gathering yesterday, we actually talked about all the men did. We kind of had a confession time about how we get mad and angry about things like that. But offense is something that affects us all, whether it's your traffic circle or whether it's personal relationships. It affects all of us in here. And we've got to learn to lay down our right to be offended. For, for you, it may be somebody's tone of voice. Who do they think they are? 
he ain't gonna talk to me like that. That's right. Right? And, and, and you get offended. Maybe it's texting. You texted them and they didn't respond in two minutes. And it even said red on your iPhone text message. They read it and they didn't respond. They must be ignoring you and now you're offended. For others of us in here, we post a really good status on Facebook or we throw it out there that we need something. Nobody does. They didn't like my status. They must not care about me. I am so offended. Just heads up for all you social media freaks in here. Do you know that Facebook doesn't show everybody's newsfeed? It may be they just didn't see it because Facebook didn't put it in there. But, but we get offended, don't we? I mean, you laugh, but I think we've all got to the place where we've, we've reached out, we've done something, and people didn't respond the way we wanted them to. And what happens? We get offended. Who do they think they are with the way they're dressing up in here? But see, this is, a, this is an epidemic. It's an epidemic, and I hate to say this, among Christians. You and I. That offense is one of the major weapons the enemy uses to take us out of what God has for us. You know why it's an epidemic? Because of our ego. Because of our ego. We all have really big egos in here and we think a lot about ourselves. And somebody doesn't respond the way that we think they should, then we get offended. See, Proverbs 19.11 says this. It says, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory, watch this, to overlook an offense. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. And, and the funny thing about that word overlook there is two Hebrew words which means to pass over. It means to go over something. Uh, if you've ever been in a plane before, right, you um, take the fast route and you go over all the terrain that would slow you down, right? But isn't it amazing on a plane? Who's ever been in a plane here before? Who's been in a plane? Who, who likes to fly in planes? Okay, then hands went down. I like it. I sleep very well on planes. It's that noise. Um, but you realize when you're in a plane and you go over something, everything gets smaller the higher you go up. And so many times it's trivial things that we're upset or offended by. It's little things that shouldn't matter. And, the, and when, when you begin to rise in altitude, when you begin to seek the Lord and you begin to, to go up, you realize, man, that was so small. Why did that separate us as friends? Oh, that was so little. The argument wasn't worth it, husbands and wives. But it is to our glory to pass over or look, overlook an offense, to go over an offense. And the reason that we can't do that, and I can't do that, I'm here with you on this, all right? I've been, I've been reading this all week. The Lord's been dealing with me all week about this. You just get it once. I get it four days in a row. So I start on Wednesdays and Thursdays going over this. It's because of our ego. But you've got to realize something. God has given us grace to be able to see ourselves the way that he sees us. And you've got to realize something. You're not the center of the universe. All right. I know you want to go to churches that tell you that you're just the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I dare you to go to the ocean and sit at the beach and watch the waves come and waves go. And you leave and come back and, and they never asked your permission, did they? The sun never asked your permission to rise or, or go down. And after we're all gone, it will still do that. And Paul said this to the Roman church in so many words. He just didn't say it that way. He said in Romans 12, 3, and watch this. He says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. That's ego. 
We're, we, we, we think we're way more important than we really are. And so then we get offended easy. He says, well, watch this. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. Meaning, you're not the center of the universe. And because of Christ's grace to you, you can make yourself on the same playing field as everybody else. Where offenses don't matter as much. Because if you were honest in here, hadn't we, hadn't we all let an offense really hurt us somehow in life? It's tripped us up. It's caused us to make bad decisions. But what I want to do this morning is quickly walk with you with three points, application points that go with the scripture. Because of Christ's grace to me and to you. Let's look at this. The first one is this. Because of Christ's grace to me, I will give others the benefit of the doubt. First point in your notes, write this down. I will give others the benefit of the doubt. Look at Ephesians 4.2 in the New Living Translation. Paul says, always be humble and gentle. When? Always. Even at the traffic circle? Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. This is powerful because of your love. Now, we did a whole series on Ephesians. You can go back and listen to that. But the church at Ephesus had some inner struggles and conflicts. And Paul is telling them, man, you guys need to make allowance for each other's faults. Do you know that every person that you're in relationship with in your life will let you down if you, if you know them long enough? The only reason that um, I haven't let you down or this church hasn't let you down or your job hasn't let you down or your new spouse hasn't let you down because you haven't known them long enough. Right? Because we all have faults. And Paul tells them in so many words, give others the benefit of the doubt. Make allowance. It's like make room for people to screw up. We give no margin for error, do we? Right? It's like one thing they've done, I'm done with it. I'm, I'm finished. And Paul says, make some room, create some space. So when others mess up, you're making allowance for that. And instead of giving others judgment, give them the benefit of the doubt. But here's how we operate as human beings. Are you ready? We're really special how, how, how we do things. You know why? Because we like to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, but give others judgment. And here's, here's what we do, and, and pay close attention. You judge others based on their actions, but you judge yourself based on your intentions. Well, they didn't do this, and they didn't do that, and you're mad, and you're just carrying them to the court. Ah, oh, I'm going crazy. Then we ask you, well, why didn't you do this? Oh, well, you know, I really, I really intended to. I, all, in my heart, I really wanted to do that. Um, let me help you out. Carry your intention to the IRS and see what happens. They're going to throw your butt in jail. <laughs> but we usually judge ourselves based on what we thought we wanted to do and others what they did. Now see, Jesus said it this way. He said, love others as you love yourself. In so many words, Jesus was saying, you need to give others the same benefit of the doubt you give yourself all the time. When you're late, you're cool with it. But let somebody else be late. <laughs> when you're inconsistent, oh, I've got excuses. i got reasons. But let somebody else do that. And, and Paul says, give others the benefit of the doubt. Think the best about other people. And that's something I tell you, if you could get one thing today, grab that. Think the best about others. Don't always go into a relationship 
relationship with suspicion of why they did this and why they did that. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Love others as you love yourself. See, what we usually do is we think the worst of people and we prejudge them for being, for doing what they did. Here's what we do. Well, they did that because they don't like me. You don't know if they don't like you, right? Well, they didn't respond to me because they really don't care. Maybe they were just busy. You see what I'm trying to get to here? Because what you're going to do, and let me help you today, you're always, due to our fallen nature, you're going to slide to being suspicious. You're going to slide to thinking the worst about people. When you should slide to thinking the best about people, they did that and they're all against me. Can I help you out of here in church today? You may never come again. I'm going to help you out. And this one thing that you can get from Thrive Church, stop having a conspiracy theory about everyone around you. You walk into a room where they're all talking about me, they're not thinking about you. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're just not that important. I'm not that important. And we usually have these conspiracy theories. Uh, Listen, they're human, sweetheart, and they make mistakes. People make mistakes. See, even as I'm saying that, you're mad. And you're thinking about somebody who made a mistake and you're upset with them right now. You're actually arguing with me. I know that Lord has shown me your heart as I'm preaching. I'm I'm joking. But see, our egos make it all about us and we give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, but not others the benefit of the doubt. And so when you're, if you're going to overlook an offense, if you're going to, to your glory, overlook an offense, first one, give others the benefit of the doubt. Here's the second point this morning. Because of Christ's grace to us today. The second thing we cannot do is I will not label others. I will not label others. Look at Luke 6, 36 and 37. Luke says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. This is Jesus' words that he penned. Jesus in verse 37 says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Now I could preach that whole passage right there for the whole rest of the time, but I won't. Let me just say this real quick. Judgment is when you label somebody as being something. Well, they're just this, and they're just that. Ten years ago, something happened, and you're, and they've been forgiven, they're trying their best, they're serving Jesus, and you still in your mind label them. See, judge is not saying, it's not calling a spade a spade. Well, I can't judge them. Dude, it's on Facebook, yeah. I mean, it's out there. They're doing that. That's, that's what they are. That's what they're doing. Because when you start judging people's motivation, well, they're doing that just because they want glory. Did they tell you that? No. You can't judge them. You're labeling them for something that's not what they really are. You shouldn't label others. I mean, what if God labeled us like we label others? We'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? Do you know the beauty of how God labels us? When you look in the Bible, he calls us beloved. He calls us saints. He calls us the sanctified. The words that he uses to describe us is much better than the words we use to describe us. Stephen Paul said at one, one point, he said, know no man after the flesh about who he is and what you see, but know him after Christ and see that potential in him. See, we're, we love to label people over temporary actions, don't we? Think about it. You ready? There's an apostle, there's an apostle in the Bible, disciple of Jesus, and his name was Thomas. What is his nickname, church? Doubting Thomas. <laughs> This man has been forgiven. 
He has seen Jesus. He is in heaven. And we are still, 2,000 years later, calling Thomas Doubting Thomas. He should be believing in heaven and redeemed Thomas. But we, because of our nature, are going to call him Doubting Thomas. Poor God. Don't call him that when you get to heaven, please. Give him a different nickname because he has been there longer than you have. And he served Jesus uh, fully. Have you ever done something stupid in a temporary action that you wish you wouldn't have done? Okay, only one person good. The rest of you are great, man. I have, I have, I have on many occasions. And I'm going to be very honest with you. Half of you may maybe, maybe not show up to church next week because of this. But when I was at Emmanuel College several moons and decades ago. Um, not that long ago, but it was, it was pretty long ago. I, I, I play sports. You guys know that. I play sports I'm good at. That's why I didn't go play golf yesterday with the guys at men's ministry. <laughs> and I was playing intramural basketball at Emmanuel College. And the stands were full. It was the playoffs. And to my, to my reason here was that, again, I pride myself on shooting three-pointers. I, I've won three-point contest. I love it. That's what I do. I shot an air ball. I had a shoulder problem. I shot an air. I don't shoot air balls, man. And when I did, there's a group of people at Emmanuel that just didn't like me. They didn't like me. Let me just say that, okay? Well, how can someone not like you? Just stay here long enough. You'll, you'll, you'll figure it out, okay? God will reveal it to you. <laughs> and as I shot the air ball, they started going, air ball, air you, you know, you're, you're this, you're that. And as I walked by, as I ran by, can I tell you what I did? And will you please not judge me because I know you're going to label me. I ran by several years ago. The Lord's forgiven me. I ran by and I shot him that right there. <laughs> and I did that. <laughs> Guys, that was stupid. Why in the world would you do something like that? And man, they went crazy. I mean, I got, man, they, they went to the Dean of Christian Ministries. And I mean, I just got, it was bad. I mean, they, I mean, they, they were waiting for that. Let's get, because I, I, was, I, was, I was the Greek guy. I mean, I went to Greek school. I mean, I did all this stuff. And they were ready. And they, they, they could not wait to take me out. So they went to our, our Dean. And I, you know, I, I go apologize in front of all of our Christian Ministries majors. And it was, it was bad. And to this day, there are people who still label me as that guy. You know? Um, I play basketball now and get caught a lot worse things, and I don't do that. I just will not run by and flick somebody off anymore and tell them the next shot's on them. But see, that's what happens. We do something really stupid, and then we get labeled for that, don't we? That's right. Um, you know, I, I sat in class the next day after that with my buddy Ben Miller, who's a pastor, and we were just like, man, repenting. We were actually, the next day, we're in the, uh, in, in the, in the book of Acts. We're going through that in that class, and we're like, dude, man, we got we got I mean, we were like sweating. Our faces were red. We knew we had, because he, he had the same temper that I had when I played sports. But realize this, we all do this. Some of you have labeled your spouse. Some of you have labeled people. And when you label someone, you discount that God's grace can work in them. Because I believe by God's grace, I'm a different person than I was back then. I believe by God's grace that, that, that I've hopefully matured um, um, beyond those things there. So be careful not to label others. And here's your third and final point this morning. Because of the grace of God that's been extended to us, here's the third point. I'll forgive as I've been forgiven. I'll forgive as I've been forgiven. Colossians 3.13 says this. 
It's again, it's crazy. A different verse. But watch this. Make allowance for each other's faults. Isn't that crazy? He said it to the church at Ephesus in one letter and the church in Colossae in another letter. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Who? Forgive who? Anyone. Who's anyone? Everyone. Everyone who offends you. Remember, and this is the key guys, get this. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. See, by God's grace, I can forgive that driver at the circle <laughs> who didn't thank me. And you're like, yeah, that, that's, that's cool, Kevin. That's so cute. You're like, but what about big things? What about the person who lied to me and stole from me? The person who abused me? How do I forgive someone like that? Let me say this, number one. To live in peace doesn't mean you have to live in partnership. If you've been wounded and, and maligned by somebody, you can forgive them and the Lord... See, forgiveness is not much about them as it is you. See, when you don't forgive, what happens is you build this wall around, around you and you say, I'll never let anybody in, but you can never get out. And so forgiveness is not so much about that person as it is you. And so you've got to realize that when you forgive, you may never be in relationship with that person again, but you can have peace in your heart. And that's what forgiveness is about. So Kevin, how do I forgive the big stuff? How do I forgive the really big stuff? You know how you do it? The same way you do the small stuff. And Paul tells us, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. Ephesians 4.32 says this, be kind and compassionate to one another. He's speaking to believers. This happens in church, happens with Christianity, happens with people who follow Jesus. He says, forgiving each other just as, as in Christ God forgave you. See, you've got to realize something. Hurting people will hurt people. But forgiven people will forgive people. See, hurt people will hurt people. But when you know you've been forgiven and God's forgiven you, he forgave me of you know shooting the bird of those guys. He forgave me of all the evil things that I've done, even as a believer. Then it's easy for me to forgive somebody else because I realize how wretched I actually am. I realize how, you know, the Lord has extended his grace and mercy to me. And forgiveness is key. You know, when I, when I first got into ministry, I really, the Lord gave me a boot camp. I had a guy who I was doing ministry with in our, our church, not this church, the church uh, in another state. And we were doing outreach to kids in, in bad neighborhoods. And we, we actually, he had this big box truck and we got, we put money into it and got it going. It was just sitting there dormant. And we would drive up to a neighborhood and drop the side out. And man, we would just share the gospel with kids. And man, we did free Christmas presents for the kids. It was beautiful what we were doing. And one day he had been sick and I, and I called him. And I said, hey man, um, is it okay if your son stops by and gets some of the, the games for the kids? And I don't know, I'm out there unloading a bounce house as I'm talking to him. I'm working and he begins to curse me out. And I'm talking about like unsanctified, never been a believer curse words. The ones you think a lot in your head about people that you want to say, right? <laughs> I know y'all. No, I mean, he, he, began, he began to go off on me. I mean, dude, I, I've never in my life, and I just hung the phone up and kept going. And you know what hurt was the fact that those kids are the ones that lost out. The kids are the ones that lost out. And it hurt me so deeply. I, I you know, invested time with this guy and put my life into him. And he called me about five months later. So I had five months to be really angry about it. <laughs> 
fast, yeah? Nobody, don't, don't go cuss me out. Let me tell you something, right? That's how y'all think too. See, right now in church you look good, but get out into the, to the world if I cuss at you, then you'll find out. And so he calls me, he says, hey man, I just want to tell you I'm so sorry for what happened that day. I was on medication, I was sick, and I'm really sorry for doing that. I said, man, let me tell you something, I forgive you, dude. We all have bad days, and we all have bad experiences. He says, but you know, I, I, I really want us to, to go out there and do, do ministry again together. I'd love to have you here for dinner. I said, man, I, just, I can't do it right now, but I really appreciate the opportunity. Meaning, I've forgiven him. But I don't, have to, I don't have to get in the same situation again. Does that make sense to you? You can live in peace without having to be in partnership. And guys, I can tell you story after story after story. The Lord has taught me more about forgiveness in this role than any other time in my life. And that times that I need to be forgiven as well. See, the Bible says in Proverbs 19.11 that it is our glory to overlook an offense. To what? To pass over an offense. Same word there's the same word used for Passover. See, we just celebrated Easter. You guys remember that? Right? You got some of your family come to church that would never come to church and they came. It was awesome. But see, Easter's right during the Passover season. And Passover is a Jewish festival. A Jewish feast. They have three major ones a year. Passover is one of them. And they celebrate because when they were in Egypt as, as a million slaves in Egypt thousands of years ago, when they were released from there and they got in their camps and were building their houses, the Lord said, I'm going to send the death angel over the land. And what I need you to do is sacrifice a lamb. Now, women say all. If you're Peter in here, I know it hurts your, hurts your feelings, but that's what they did. So you really, you really love Jesus now. There's no more sacrificing of animals. Isn't that awesome? Um, no animals are harmed in the New Testament. So, um, so they sacrificed the lamb, and they were told to put the blood over the doorpost. And so every family would put the blood over the doorpost. They put it up there, and the death angel passed over them, and they had life. See, in the New Testament, Jesus is called the Passover Lamb. He's the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He was slain. And his blood has been applied to the doorpost of our hearts. And you know what happens? The Lord passes over our sins and transgressions. Isn't that beautiful? So the reason that you're able to pass over somebody else's offense, it's because the Lord passed over your offense. So I don't know today where, where you're at, but I know there's, there's, there's probably folks in here today that you're hurt and you're offended. And you've been wondering, how do I deal with this? I mean, you've been having imaginary conversations in your mind, haven't you? Right? You're driving a road and you're thinking all the things you're going to say to this person, what you'll do to them. I, same way, I'm here with you. I will avoid the traffic circle today when I go home. But, but let me say this to you as well. It's not about winning. It's not about being right. Hurt people will hurt people, but forgiven people will forgive people. And I want you to realize today the Lord has forgiven us so much, hasn't he? Isn't he gracious and kind? Isn't he merciful? And and when you really lavish in the fact of how merciful and gracious and good God is, you're so much gracious to other people around you. But if you're having a hard time saying that, Kevin, it's hard to forgive, it's hard to to, to release, it's hard to not get offended, then what I'm going to ask you to do in a few minutes is this. I'm going to ask you for you to ask the Lord to say, God, help me to see the greatness of what you've forgiven me of. 
whether you were saved at five, or whether you were saved at 50, whether you were saved from uh, drugs and alcohol, whether you were a great moral person and, 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 and God chose you and saved you, whatever your story is, we've all been forgiven much, so we can forgive much. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. And as you stand to your feet, this is a very special time. I want you just to bow your head and close your eyes in here. This is just as much a part of the sermon as my preaching. Because this is a time the Lord is going to speak to you. It's a time when He's going to empower you. It's a time when you're going to leave with His presence ready to help you. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I just want in here today for you to think about where is it that you've been offended? That you've been hurt, you've been maligned, and you've not been able to overlook or pass over the offense where is that at in your life today and the Lord's asking you and there's people popping in your mind right now there's things popping in your mind the Lord's going to ask you to forgive and you're finding it hard as the band plays and sings what I'm going to ask you to do is for you to ask the Lord to help you and empower you and strengthen you to forgive those and release those who have hurt you and maligned you let me pray for you before they start singing Father Today, this is a message that every one of us in here, God, is true to. There's nobody in here, God, that, that, that this is beyond them. For, Lord, every day we face this. So, God, I pray for my brothers and sisters as you've dealt with me this week, God. You have dealt with me wholeheartedly this week on some offense that I was carrying. I pray for them today, God, that this would not just be a church service. It would not be cute music and funny preaching. But, God, it would be a time where you do business in their heart. And, God, you help them. For years, there's been people locked up with unforgiveness and bitterness. And, Father, it may be some people here hold that against you. I pray, God, that today will be a day when they're able to release and forgive and they're able God to let the offense go to overlook the offense to pass over the offense it's in Jesus name I want you just to worship right now with this team and ask the Lord to help you to forgive and release